If you're a pearl clutcher, I hope your necklace is industrial strength. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland, and I'm a queer, black, feminist scholar. This is Darren, hailing from the mean streets of Anaheim. I'm an introvert, a novelist, and a nerd. We're early 30-somethings with three kids and over a decade of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness and adult life. We do adult differently. This is That Black Couple. Greetings. This is episode 17, the fifth episode of season two of That Black Couple. Grab your pomegranate margarita. I have to get mine specially made by a bartender who also doesn't like to make them for me. Why aren't you saying anything? <laughs> because I'm, I don't think, I don't, any, everyone listening probably has no idea. Like It's a pomegranate had- margarita. And I get it with a salt rim and two green olives. And it's fantastic. And this is a very queer episode. And I feel like that's a very queer drink. And it is because it works for you. And, and I'm a queer. if it works for you, then we're going to celebrate you. And that's my queer drink. Also, I don't even drink that, that much alcohol. It's either that or Prosecco. So I really don't fucking know what queerer beverage I could get. So if somebody else has a queerer drink than a pomegranate margarita with a salt rim and two olives... Then y'all let me know. It's the I think it's it's the sweet and the salt together that gets a little confusing. But you know it works what? though. It works though. As long as you think it works. But anyway, have a seat, y'all. This is Jen. And this is Darren. And this is that black couple. Before we get started, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple. On Facebook at that black couple. And look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. You can stream episodes on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And you have to rate us high because, I don't know, I don't have a good one. I was going to say, I was. I love this part because I always look at you and you're like, because, I'm like, oh shit, what are you going to say this time? You don't know why? Because, because I think we need to show love. To, to everyone. Oh, don't be corny and cheesy. You know, let's let's extend hands across the aisle. Oh no, and, you know across what aisle? Uh, uh, and you know, just give you know all the love and joy and peace and everything that everyone should have. I think we deserve it. Whenever people say across the aisle, they mean partisan, and I don't agree with that. So <laughs> anyway, I w- I want all the love from everybody. You want Republican love? You want Trump voter love? You if, want NRA love? If Oh, you stopped. What happened? <laughs> I want all the love. I just I want it to be actual genuine love and mm. and not, you know, love with with with, you know, mm. malice intent behind it. Mm. I'll pass. <laughs> so, let's get started on this episode that is called Janelle Moneosexual. I came up with the name. I really like the name. I was kind of opposed to it at first, but then it kind of grew on me. Well, I have a major crush on her. I think, what is she, like 5'2"? So we wouldn't make sense together because I'm like a whole foot and some inches taller than her. But I have a major crush on her, like a major serious crush on her. So 
I think that my sexual identity actually is Janelle Monet sexual. You know, Janelle Monet, she's one of those people like, how can you not like her? Yeah. She just she's just so amazing and yeah. she's just so wonderful. She's very attractive. And she's, she's clearly a good person. A good person. She's very talented. She has her own vibe. And she don't care. She don't give a shit. Like how how can you hate on that? I don't think anybody can. Okay, wait, we have to start the episode. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna talk about Janelle Monet. And in first things first, we're gonna talk about her coming out as queer. And we're going to talk about that in reference to the word queer and why that is important, why it's making a comeback and thinking about what that means for this generation. Then in the conversation, I'll talk a little bit about queerness as both a sexual and political identity because they're different and that's important. And then at the end in segment three, we're going to reflect on the entire kind of concept about sexuality and gender and i'm a queer black woman in a relationship with a cis heterosexual black man and that's interesting so we'll talk about it you want to talk about it dear i'll I'll be ready to talk about it i got a lot to talk about why you got a lot to talk about we've been married a long time what is it i've been i've been knowing you since the early aughts so I got a oh lot to God, talk about. Oh my God, I hate aughts. Why do people say aughts? Because that's, that's the official word. That's why. Who made that shit up? I don't know. Merriam-Webster? Somebody? Fuck Merriam and Webster. <laughs> One of them. The early aughts? It's, it's the aughts. It's, that's what it is. No, you've learned, you've known me since the 2000s. We're just going to say the 2000s. The the 2000s. I didn't know you the 99. I knew you in the 2000s. <laughs> Thank you very much. Go ahead and get started, Dan. I'm getting right. irritated. You know I hate that word. I know, but it is what it is. It's annoying. Accept it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why so are you looking start- at me? <laughs> what? I'm I'm trying to start the episode. You can't start the episode if you're staring at me like that. I'm I'm taking a breath. Oh yeah, y'all. I'm starting the episode. Y'all, you y'all need to come get your friend. <laughs> come get him. Let go. Let go. First things first. Okay, our episode called Janelle Monet Osexual. Yes. There we go. Janelle Monet Osexual. Really, the thought came about because Janelle Monet she came out as being queer on the Lesbian Day of Visibility. The article with the interview came out late April 2018, and she did it in Rolling Stone. Yeah. Through an interview, um, I'm going to actually read her actual words that 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 were printed in the article. She said, "Being a queer black woman in America, someone who has been in relationships with both men and women." I consider myself to be a free ass motherfucker. Ain't that a way? <laughs> okay, ain't that a way? <laughs> and then so, I, so I guess she initially identified herself as bisexual, but then she clarified and said, "But then later, I read about pansexuality and was like, oh, these are things that I identify with too. I'm open to learning more about who I am.' And I think that's really, really important that she came out in this way that she was so transparent to say, "This is who I am." And this is what I'm about. And not even that that's just who I am, but also me learning who I am is like a journey. Right. And so like she initially thought she was bisexual, but as she learned more about herself and about other people and how she could identify, she kind of gravitated towards, you know, pansexualism as something that was more fitting of who she actually was. Right. And I, I mean, I think people who are queer, who are fans of Janelle Monet. We already knew she was queer, right? So when she came out, it was like, yay, thank you for telling us, girl. Right? So a lot of us queers were like, yep, 
we know. Um, but at the same time, I do think it was very important that she make clear, like, I'm a queer black woman. And also that she used the terms queer and pansexual. The reason why it's important to use those terms is that far too often when people talk about um, non-heterosexual identities, they're talking about gay and lesbian. And so in most often it's just gay. And they really just uh, kind of sum up most of non-heterosexual identifying people into usually talking about cis white male gays. And it's like, well, there's a whole lot of other people who identify as non-heterosexual and their experiences are valid and important. Our experiences are valid and important. And we fall along a spectrum. We are complex. And so I think the idea that one might say I'm queer and then one might say, wait, I'm learning about something like pansexuality. And now I'm wondering if maybe that's a better fit for me. That's important because it shows that there's other ways to be, right? There's other ways of being, there's other ways of existing that are equally as valid, that don't have to sit in our binaries, in our categories, in our areas that we become comfortable and familiar with that can be uh, fulfilling and can help people to express themselves in ways that make the most sense for their lives. Right. That's what's important. I think that's, I mean, I think that's pretty dope. To me, I mean, to me, that's kind of what the very concept of queerness is, right? It's, it's deviating from some type of, you know, elusive norm. Right. Some like, there's three, there's two check boxes, or maybe there's three or there's four, and you got to pick one of those. And right. You, and, and you don't get to decide that you're not one of those things. Like, you got to be one of those, now pick one. Right. You know, under, under gunpoint, you decide. And it's like, I... Guess I'm closer to this one, so I'll go with that. <laughs> right? And it's like, we we don't have to categorize ourselves in these very strict, you know, ways. We can be just who we actually are. Um, and like I said, that's kind of what spoke to me most about what Janelle Monet was saying. And she was like, I'm just really trying to figure out who I am and right. how to best represent who I am. It doesn't, it might not be something that, that you agree with. It might not be something that someone else agrees with, but it's who I am as a person. Right. And that's what's most important. And I also like that she did it on Lesbian Day of Visibility because, I mean, she was making a statement, right? So she could have came out and said, hey, I'm a lesbian. But on Lesbian Day of Visibility, she actually said, hey, I also want to give some visibility to people who are not lesbians. And I feel like that's also like, you know, important. Like, I think the process of kind of dismantling structures by interrupting them is actually really incredibly important and the process of saying like hey listen i identify with this day in some ways and in other ways i don't yeah and that's that's i mean that's that's a critical thing i don't think that that was by accident i don't think that she came out on lesbian day it was really by accident there's no way that that was by accident no way and i mean and the other thing i mean this is clearly the the point of this podcast is not to be all about Janelle, Janelle Monet or why even, not? It could be this episode. I mean, is. we could we could you know <laughs> go on for hours and hours about the wonders of Janelle yes, Monet. Yes, we could. But the, the other thing that I kind of want to get into, like you said, it wasn't an accident because if you also think about her her recent album release, right. Dirty Computer, right? Like this album is like right is like queerness front and center it's, it oh my gosh like from front to back i've been playing it non-stop like I'm, I'm struggling to get my actual work done because i don't stop playing the album 
Like I have to listen to interviews that I'm supposed to be transcribing, but I'm like, how do, how do I, I'm, I'm like the, the Tyra Banks me. I'm like, listen to interviews, but also listen to Janelle Monet. Like I have not yet figured out how I can use my ears to simultaneously listen and transcribe to interviews, but then also only listen to dirty computer. You can't. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know if I have to clone my ears. I don't know if I have well, to just get new drums. I don't think you can do it because because the album itself is just so captivating. It is captivating. It's, I mean, there's no way you can I'm so distracted. do something else at the same time. I'm so fucking distracted by her. But I mean, but that that's the point. Is like this album to me, it's it's artistically, it's a great, beautiful, gorgeous album. Right. But then as a queer, I just feel like she's speaking into my life. Yeah, and and it's and I think for an an artist of her caliber at the point that she is in her career to put an album out like this yeah. is courageous, but it also is so important, right? That anyone can listen to this and get something out of it, but it also kind of gives visibility, right? In and ways that you know. Here's the thing, and that's what I also want to draw attention to. So I want to draw attention to Janelle's intentional focus on being visible as a queer person as a pansexual person like thinking about on the album when she says things like i hope i find a guy and i hope she loves me too right and intentionally like playing with that binary and playing with that queer you know pansexual that i I think that that's important too because there is an erasure of bisexual people there is an erasure of queer sex people there is an erasure of pansexual people there is this myth that people who are not uh either identify as heterosexual or who don't identify as gay or lesbian that they're just confused that they're just kind of testing things out and it's like no actually we're not confused we we know what we like and it's a whole lot of different things and that's okay right and so i think that her doing this ahead of the album release and then on the album having these explicit moments where she's clearly having these kind of romantic intimacies with uh, people who are are who identify as women, but also having intimacies with people who identify as men, right? So like I think that there's just interesting kind of tensions there that are important in terms of not just uh, artistry and not just her expressing herself on her own terms, but also in terms of visibility, right? Because the album is doing well, and so it's not like you know when we have these pop icons, you know have these songs where like i think i get like a girl i kissed a girl oop i hooked up with a girl no not like that like she has a whole album that's like no i actually am queer and like it's a way of life which is very different than i think the way that mainstream pop culture usually deals with non-heterosexual sexuality right is usually like oh my god i still am dealing with the male gaze look i kissed a girl and i liked it <laughs> You know, ooh, I'm cool for the summer. You know, like, that's cute. But There's a song, there's a song that just came out by Rita Ora. Yeah. It's the same concept. It's like, it's four women on the song. And it's like, oh, I just wanted to, you know, kiss a girl tonight. And it's that same concept that you're speaking to. Like, right. oh, I just, you know, I'm just being out here. And, and not saying like, okay, I'm actually a queer person. Right. Just like- <laughs> and Janelle's saying like, no, I'm not just hooking up with somebody. And no, I'm not just randomly kissing a girl. I actually adore women and women's bodies. I have a whole song dedicated to women's bodies. And this is important to me, you know, and I'm aware of what that means. And I'm aware of how that works. And I'm aware of, you know, 
what that in terms of sexuality, what that means in terms of how I move throughout the world. Like that's a different conversation. You know, that's a different conversation than I kissed a girl. I liked it. She tastes like cherry chewing gum. Like that's not. There, there's a seriousness. Right. And, and a realness there that, that's right. important. Right. And I feel like this is a particular political moment where that can happen. And that can be the the popular cultural shift. Like we can have music like that and it not be like a <gasps> aghast. You know, it's not like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Is her record label going to drop her? Oh no. You know, like, yeah. whereas in the aughts, like you would say, <laughs> you know, we don't know what would have happened. And so I think that that's pretty dope. And I think it's dope that she is visible in such a way. I keep thinking about back to the Met Gala, seeing her and Lena Waithe just being like, just, just being like dope and queer and being like, wow, you know, and I, it's just, that's. That's fantastic. And I, I know, like, me as a kid, it, like, it's, it's not really seeing queer black women prominently like that. That was rough, you know? And so I'm really happy that young queer kids can look up and see Janelle Monet as a cover girl, seeing Lena Waithe in the movies. Like, yeah, that's that's a big deal. Thank you for listening. We are the proud founders of watercoolerconvos.com, a platform at the intersections of blackness, culture, and adulting. We started that black couple to dive deeper into the issues facing young black millennial folks navigating the anti-black, anti-queer, white supremacist world today. This podcast is supported by donations and patronage of our listeners and readers of our blog. You should head over there and check out some of the content when you get a chance. If you would like to become a monthly subscriber or patron and help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash watercoolerconvos. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Please consider giving $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. We really want to hire new writers and social media people, y'all, but we can't do that without your help. You can also give a one-time donation at www.paypal.me forward slash watercoolerconvos. All donations are welcome. You can stream the show on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing an episode, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope-ass comments. This helps us with our page views and also gives us more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. And we back. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Okay. Thank I won't you. do it. I promise. Thank you. So I think now we should talk about um, queerness and understanding queerness as both a set of kind of sexual gender politics, but then also as a set of kind of um, political ideas and, and ideologies. And so I talk about this and I got to give a shout out to Kathy Cohen, who's my advisor, who's also just a super dope queer theorist and uh, political scientist who's talked a lot about queerness and how we understand queerness in terms of an identity. So there's a lot of people who will say, I'm queer. And they might mean I'm queer, meaning I don't subscribe to heterosexuality. And that's what they mean by queer. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have other people who will say, I'm queer, 
and I mean, I don't subscribe to heterosexuality, and I also don't subscribe to binary gender, right? Mm-hmm. Then you might have people who say, I'm queer, who say, I don't subscribe to heterosexuality, I don't subscribe to binary gender, and I also don't believe that bisexualism is the only way to understand non-heterosexuality. There's pansexuality because those binary genders have multiple forms of being and expressing themselves. And I believe that pansexualism is a better representation, right? Which is still different than, you know, well, you know, can we, can we pause? Okay. And can you give like an actual, like clear definition of what it means to be pansexual? Yeah. I mean, so, and I can give it in terms of what I understand. And I'll give it actually in reference to bisexuality. So there's a history in terms of identifying as bisexual. And for a lot of people, bisexual is what it sounds like. I'm attracted to both genders, which is a binary, a binary gender understanding, men and women. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that there are trans gender nonconforming people. Where do they fall along a binary gender spectrum? They don't. So it excludes them. Right. So. In specifically in like the last 10 to 15 years, a lot more people have said that pansexualism is more inclusive of understanding someone as being attracted to and romantically interested in multiple genders as opposed to two genders. Mm. But then there are other people who say that bisexual does the same thing. So there's theoretical kind of arguments on both sides, where some people will say that if I identify as bisexual, I don't just mean, you know, cis men and cis women. Maybe I mean something else. And there are some people who say, no, that's just what it means. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's up for debate. I'm not willing to jump into that debate. Um, but I do know that, like Janelle Monet said, people read about it and they say, I'm willing to learn more about it. And I know for me, that's how... I figured out what I, that's how I figured out what my experiences were. I said, I think I like, I actually thought I was lesbian as a child. I thought I don't like boys. <laughs> I was like, they get on my nerve and they smell bad and <laughs> I don't like them. And the idea of ever having a relationship with a boy grosses me out. I was grossed out by boys for a very long time. It was a very long time. And I was like, I'm just gay. I'm gay. And it wasn't until, you know, I was probably like 16, 17 years old where I started actually being attracted to boys. And that was shocking to me because I had never had those kind of attractions, you know, not in any real way where I wanted to actually act on them, you know? Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I'm bisexual because honestly, that was the only type of sexuality that I knew that accounted for my feelings. But then later on, I'm like, wait. There's this thing called pansexual. Okay, I think I might also maybe be that because I don't believe in binary gender. For me, binary gender is not a thing. I don't believe that there's only two genders. I think that there's multiple genders and I'm attracted to all of them. <laughs> so, you know, um, but now we're getting into the parts of the episode that we're not supposed to be on yet. So thank you Dan, for <laughs> derailing us. So I just thought it was important. It is important. So what I want to talk about then is thinking about identifying as queer but having it be both a set of sexual politics and a set of uh, political identities and ideologies, which are two different things. You might have a queer person who's also very conservative and like votes for p- 
policies like, you know, Proposition 8. You know, like it can happen, right? You can have people who are uh, gay, lesbian, queer, trans, uh, asexual, et cetera, et cetera, who are not liberally minded, who are not socialists, who are not radicals, right? And I think that there are often these misconceptions that because someone has a set of sexual politics, that they will have the same political ideologies that align with those sexual politics. Yeah. And that's not the case, right? That's that's how you have, like, is it the log cabin Republicans, right? Isn't that? Yeah, I think that's what they're called. Yeah, they're like the, the basically white, gay, male Republicans, right? And, like, some people are like, how does that make sense? It's like, that actually makes perfect sense, <laughs> right? It's like, that actually makes perfect sense. And so I think I want to clarify that when we talk about queerness, we have to understand that queerness is uh used in many different ways and it is queerness is often often and i say this you know as someone who identifies as queer queerness is often used to indicate both a set of sexual politics and a set of political ideas and and ideologies so a lot of people who say i'm queer often are intervening in uh preconceived ideas about sex and gender and politics and the ways that we identify ourselves on purpose, right? Because they could simply say something else, but they say in some cases queer to not say something else, right? Mm -hmm. It's an effort to not participate in that system. And so I think it's important to understand that queer functions in so many different ways for so many different people. And for other people, it's not that at all. For other people, it's just, I'm just queer. That's just what it is, you know? Yeah, it's a word that, that has multiple meanings. Right. And to me, I kind of feel like coming as someone who is a, a cis heterosexual male, uh-huh. I feel like growing up, especially growing up in the church, growing up in one of the most conservative, you know, well-known places in California. Where is that, Darren? Uh, in uh, Orange that? County, California. Orange County. Um, the County of Oranges. <laughs> a conservative stronghold in a highly democratic and liberal uh state yes i feel like i came in contact with a lot of people where where like if you said anything if you said gay if you said lesbian if you said queer it was just like hold up it was like pause stop the process <laughs> you know avert your eyes cover your ears you know because it was like that was just like it was like code for bad mm. like something we don't do something that we don't interact with something we you know you that's that's them that, that's those heathens over there that's horrible you know and I feel like, number one, like, giving queerness all those definitions that you gave it, it's somewhat reclaiming that word mm. and, and taking that that negative connotation out and then also redefining it for what it actually is, where, where is, it's, like, not the norm. Right. Not what, you know, like I was saying before, this, like, made-up idea of, of normal. Mm-hmm. And it's saying, I'm not whatever your normal ideal is. Right. And... That's not a bad thing. Right. And to me, like, because it has that broad meaning, that is why it's something that we should be embracing. Like, it's like, I, to me, I I think everyone is queer. Exactly. In, in some way, shape, or form. Exactly. We're all queer. Exactly. Like, no one really is that norm. Exactly. People try to be people fake and front like they are. Exactly. But in their real life, in their heart of hearts, that's, no one fits that. Exactly. And so, you know, 
I'm queer because, you know, I like comic books or something. Right. Or I, I'm queer because, you know, my shoe game is on. You know, like there's so many ways that people, yeah. you know, can define themselves and, and find meaning and importance in who they are that it, that does not fit that ideal. Right. And that's what a lot of people say now. So, I mean, you actually are preaching a word right now because Dr. Cohen has our article um, where she actually talks about queerness in that way it's called punks bull daggers and uh welfare queens and it's talking about queerness through the lens of understanding that those who are queer because of a set of sexual politics are not that different from people who are queer because a set of uh, identity markers that set them outside of a norm so thinking about someone who's identified as a welfare queen well they're pretty queer because they're not going to be assimilated into some normative idea about the nuclear family or you right. know the white cis hetero patriarchal capitalistic you know like they're not going to fit that and so if we're all on the periphery of that normative idea if we're all just out here floating around in that space of not the norm then we are actually yes all queer like a lot of us are queer and she also makes a great point when she talks about, I'm talking about Kathy a lot today. Um, <laughs> she always talks about how married people like straight married people are actually a minority now. Like really? Yes. Like, so like straight wait, wait compared to what? So like thinking about um, people who are coupling or people who are having parent, having children, uh, like things like that. So thinking about um, pre- previous roles that you would expect to see. Like cohabitation. Yeah. So like that. Yeah. So like people are taking more non-traditional ways of raising families, of building households. And so like cis heterosexual coupling and marrying, that's not normal. Like, that's actually not normal. Like, there's more people who figure out other ways to bring up families and to cohabitate and to couple and to figure out how to raise children or whatever. And so it's actually really interesting when you think about how the nuclear family has continued to be pushed as the norm when it's actually not even, like, the most likely way that you see well, families turn up in the world. And it's it's really funny because we were just having dinner the other night and you were saying that and it struck me because our our waiter was like, oh, you guys have been together oh my for gosh. so long. Yeah. You're, you know, you're giving us all hope. And it's funny because we he said that and we both were like... Hope mm. for what? Because- <laughs> what are you hoping for? Because and I think it's because, you know, we I, I feel like we live our lives the way that we live it and it's to me, it's a very queer way that we yeah. live our lives and how we're raising our kids and, and all of those things. And so sometimes when like these societal norms are reflected back at us, yeah, it makes us uncomfortable. And uncomfortable. sometimes we're just very confused because like he said, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't walk outside with the idea that I'm hoping to give somebody hope. I've never done that before. I don't go outside. Like, I hope I hope I make it. I hope I get somebody's hope because, today. And it's because we don't look at how our lives are structured as like, the goal no like we made it we crossed the finish line no no we this is this is what works for us i mean we out here i mean we struggling we just like everybody else yeah. i mean we striving struggling and surviving like we out here i feel like i just was singing the jefferson song i'm not gonna do it Shut but up. i almost sang it i know but like i just feel like we out here scratching and surviving i mean i feel like we out here doing what we got to do i yeah. mean we pushing but like the idea that anybody who seems close to a norm is the goal like it goes back to our episode on relationship goals like stop that shit like we queer 
People be out here doing doing stuff their own way. And that's cool. And that's fine. And we should be okay with all being different from the norm. Like we should be okay with embracing the ways that we deviate from some type of normative idea of what we should be. Right. Like I we were talking to our, our baby girl the other day and I was talking to her about how boring the world would be if everybody was the same. Yeah. And she was like, Yeah, man, that would be really bad. But isn't isn't that funny though when you think about kids? We always tell kids, Oh, well, you're special and you're right. unique and you're different. Right, right. And I wanna celebrate you right. for all of the things that make you And they you. grow up and we're like, Be identical <laughs> to this norm. You are Cinderella. You are a sleeping beauty. <laughs> like it's like wait. But I mean, that's that's what we should be continuing to do. Absolutely, is let's celebrate everyone for who they are. Let's, yes. Let's let's champion them for the things that make them different, and yes. not make that be something that's shameful or absolutely, not, or something they should hide or something absolutely. that we should you know look down on them for. And we should not be stigmatizing anything. It doesn't matter who you know people spend their time with, who they decide to cohabitate with, or couple with, or start a family with, or whatever. Like, are we still doing that? It's 2018, the year of our Lord, 2018. And we still out here trying to stigmatize people for who they couple with? Like, I cannot. Listen, Janelle Monet did that pink video. Did you see the pink video? I did. I watched it. And she she had vagina pants on. Yeah, she did. And they was dancing in vagina pants. Yeah. And it was wonderful and it was amazing. Yeah, and she had trans-inclusive vagina pants too. And that's what, you know what? So if she can do that. Yeah. And make it look the way that it looked. I mean, do you. Do you. And and just be the best you can be at being you. And keep it moving and leave people the hell alone. Like what you hear? You can find my mom and dad, a.k.a. That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. You can find them on Facebook at That Black Couple. And you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at That BLK Couple. If you have questions or comments about the show, email them at that couple at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. All right, it is time for the reflection. All right. You know, and I think this is actually my favorite part. It always is. I love I love the reflection. You always get all smiley and shit. Yeah, because it's like, you know, bringing everything to a close and, you know, bringing it home and making it very personal. Stop smiling at me. What? I like it. Oh my God. Just start your reflection, child. <laughs> Just reflect on whatever you got to reflect on. Okay. So we're talking about queerness today. Yes. And I think when people, like we were just talking about our relationship and how people idealize us or, or they have certain thoughts or beliefs about our relationship. Yeah. And one of the things that, that always strikes me, and it's I think it's struck me since the moment we actually were in a relationship, is people look at us and go, how? Why? Because I'm taller than you? Because be, well, that was the first one. The first one was, <laughs> but she's taller than you. And I'm like, okay. So that means like we're not allowed to be together? <laughs> There's a rule, like, Darren. What's, what's behind that question? There's a rule book and it's probably in the gay agenda. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's that gay agenda. <laughs> no, I think that might be the hetero agenda. Oh, maybe that's what yeah. it is. Like to fit in into the box. Yeah. You like, can't have, heights have, you to, can't have a, a girlfriend taller than you. Or no, she, you can be taller, but I think the differential has to be like smaller. Oh, I think, I think you're I'm outside the tall. range. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I get that. Is. I got it. But yeah, but that was the first one. The first yes. one was like, she's taller than you. Yes. And then, and then you, you came out as, as queer. Yes. And then people were really 
confused. They're like, wait, she's queer. She's going to cheat on you. Then what are you? (laughs) If if you're married to a queer person, what does that make you? Are you also queer? Does that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because because I think in their minds are like okay you're queer so that means that you have to like something that's not a <laughs> cis heterosexual man like you're like I'm off limits for you so that that must mean that I'm not that or you're not allowed to be queer or I'm not actually queer I'm right, lying like something is not lining up it's here. a lie it's a lie <laughs> if you like somebody who's cis and heterosexual then you're not actually a queer person. That's we, that's a, that's in the heterosexual agenda right. as well. And the, and the other thing though, like you said, is that other people are like, oh well, she's gonna cheat on you. Yeah. Like oh, like she likes more than just men. That means she's, she's gonna, gonna get bored. She's gonna be out there and she's gonna <laughs> find every type of everybody and cheat on you. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. Number one. Why are you in my business to this degree? <laughs> like I need I need you to be more concerned with something else. Like I think as two adult individuals, we can figure out how to define our We've own been together relationship. for like 15 years. Right, like we we can I think we can figure this out. Because number 1, if you wanted to go do, you know, anything with whomever, we, I mean We talk about it. That's what we, that's within the bounds of our relationship, right. a conversation that we would have. And Same decide, for you. Yeah, your nay. You know, I mean, I gotta check them out to see what they're looking like. You ain't gonna do no uh, <laughs> trading down. Shoot, what you're not gonna do? No, we're not. We're gonna not stepping. Neither one of us is stepping we're not down. Doing that. We're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. We have set a standard. If either one of us is stepping out, we're not stepping out and down. So, just to make that clear. Just like, yeah, like you said, like you said, if Holly Berry showed up and was yeah. like, "Ooh, Darren," I'm gonna be, like, be like, "Go ahead, it's like, okay, go, cool. you enjoy yourself. Just bring them back, child. <laughs> Just bring them back because I need them good benefits. <laughs> I got this a uh, healthcare situation, so just bring his ass back, Holly. Shit, I gotta see a specialist on Monday. Listen, <laughs> listen, I got a cardiologist. Um, so just when you gonna have him back, girl? Just you know. Hit me on WhatsApp. <laughs> but I think I think that's the thing. Like w- like we've been talking about queerness and what queerness means and what that actually is. And that's also queer though, that's right? So our relationship too. is also queer. And so like we have a semi-open relationship, meaning that neither one of us is fully into this monogamy thing. And that's also a queer way of being coupled. Right. Like I don't believe that I own your body. I believe that it's your body. And I don't believe that you own my body. I believe it's my body. Right. Um, I believe it was yours before you met me. And I believe mine was yours, mine before I met you. Yeah, and the rules didn't change. They didn't change. <laughs> Nothing changed. And so you get to do what you want to do with your body. And I get to do what I want to do with my body. No, Neither one of us needs permission from the other to do things but, with our bodies. But we get we get to set those rules. Yeah. We get to decide what works for us and what doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, and for I us. but I respect you right. and I love you. And so I'm going to I'm going to obviously want to include you in those decisions and I want to know what you think and how that makes you feel, right? But like I think that's the thing is people don't understand that queerness is actually a fantastic thing because it actually requires a whole lot more conversation. And a whole lot more like not assumptions. So and, like and understanding. Right. A lot of heterosexual people, like a lot of straights be out there just making all type of assumptions about consent and about bodies and about 
property and ownership invested commodifying of sex and all this shit and they don't actually like get permission to enter their partner's space and there's a lot of things that a lot of straights think is perfectly fine that's really fucked up and like really trash and i feel like us queers be out here like wait you know like I actually am in tune with my body and I actually understand how my body works and I know what I want and I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And if I don't know yet, I'm trying to figure it out and I want to have a partner who's paying attention and I'm paying attention to my partner. And so I'm trying to help my partner also understand what they want and how their body works. Like it's actually a better relationship. I think it's, I think it's a different way of thinking. Yeah. So if you if you if you're subscribing to these societal like goals and ideals, you're thinking, okay, I'm subscribing to these and these this is what I'm trying to achieve. So that means everyone else is too. Exactly. So that means we're all playing by the same rules. We're all the same. Exactly. So I don't have to have a conversation with exactly. you about what consent is or isn't because we we're we're all the same. So why I would I have to? I it's like every time I hear somebody. Like or in the movies and shit when they be like, I'm married and I had no idea he never wanted children. Or like, I didn't know that she had had a hysterectomy. Or I didn't know. <laughs> and you be sitting here like, how the fuck do y'all not have these conversations about y'all's bodies and y'all's desires, y'all's sexual fantasies, y'all's goals and aspirations y'all how how are people not how 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 is this how is this happening now i'm not saying that queers are perfect and that we just be having all the conversations and that we're really good at it and all that stuff but i am saying that there are certain norms that go along with heteronormativity where it's embedded in the culture of heteronormativity right where it's like you know a lot of binary genderism that says that the woman's supposed to do this thing and the man is supposed to do that thing and the woman's supposed to take care of this stuff and the man takes care of that stuff and those things are really problematic and they create rules around sex yep. and around bodies and around touching and well, around love and i mean and it's funny when i think about our relationship and how we've been together for over a decade yeah and things have changed yeah drastically and it's because as life changes we change our needs change and thinking about like those gender roles like yeah it used to be like you cook because you're the woman yeah you gotta cook and i don't and yeah and as things changed we've been fluid wait you trying to say that you feel like that no, I'm not saying that. that oh, that I was I like, like, when did that, that happen, nigga? Because I wouldn't have married you. No, but 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 in a certain way, we kind of fit. I those think roles. we did fit those roles. When we, yeah, I agree. I I think that we got married very young. I was 21, and yeah. you were 22. And I think that when we got together at 18 to 19, we thought that was how we were supposed to be because we had been socialized right. into heteronormativity to believe that when you're in a heteronormative looking relationship that you are supposed to conform to those you norms. These roles. And we quickly figured out that that shit was not going to work for us. And we, we came to those that realization by having conversations. And having a baby. And having a baby. <laughs> yeah, and have, yeah, and having life, you know, sock us in the jaw. Yeah. To say, okay, this ain't you working. can try to fit that, but it, there's a much easier way yeah. of accomplishing the same yeah. things. And, and it's by being fluid and flexible yeah. in different ways. And it wasn't comfortable. It just didn't feel right. It just didn't right. fit us well. It didn't fit as well. I feel like we got really, really happy around the time of, I think, after our second child, when we started saying, fuck it. <laughs> we were just like, 
fuck this shit. It's like them commercials where it's like the first baby, like, oh, everyone needs to be Everyone has to do this. On. Second child, you're like, hey, girl, just crawl up under that car and get yes. that bottle filled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just really think that queerness is an opportunity, right? So identifying as queer, thinking about queerness as expansive, thinking about identities as being fluid and along spectrums or however you define them, but as not being static. Right. As of not being identified and anchored to one thing and in one place. That, I don't understand why people are afraid of that. Like, I don't understand why anybody would be afraid of being free. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatBLKCouple, on Facebook at ThatBlackCouple, and look us up on the internets at www.ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye.